This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. What will a garment production look like in the future? According to digital fashion printing firm Cornet, the path forward should focus on producing to demand. Although direct-to-garment manufacturing is still nascent today, Cornet is introducing technologies for textile and apparel production that are poised to expand mass customization. I'm Jessica Binns, Managing Editor and Technology Editor at Sourcing Journal. Joining me to discuss Cornet's latest launches is Don Whaley, the company's Vice President of Marketing. Hi, Don. Thanks so much for joining us today. Yeah. Hi, Jessica. Thanks for having me. To start off, could you describe Cornet's vision for apparel and textile manufacturing? How is this shaping your technology developments and investments? Yeah, I think there's a couple of, of pillars to our vision. Uh, a is sustainability, right? B, I think, is um, on-demand slash mass customization. And um, three is accessibility, right? So C would be... Uh, I would say widespread utilization. We're seeing it as uh, the industry is definitely shifting. Uh, sustainability is becoming more important and, and almost in, in common sense with, you know, coffee and fair trade, right? People now care about the origin of the raw fabric, the, the factories it's produced in, the decorating methodologies. And we all know that the fashion industry is one of the most polluting industries on the planet, both in terms of raw production and then the waste that's created from unsold products. Right. So fundamentally, we're after a, fun, a sustainable, or what we're hoping to drive and bring to the industry is a sustainable business model and a sustainable production methodology and do both at the same time. So what you'll find is, A, our first, our products uh, and the production model we bring to the table are truly environmentally friendly, very, very low water consumption, low no VOC, and, on, and enabling high volume on-demand production to produce what you sell after you've sold it, ideally. Or to leverage AI so that you can predict the trends more accurately and produce only what you know you will sell, right? right? Shorten those supply lines and enable retailers and brands to bring product to market in a more efficient way and more sustainable way. Now, one of your most recent solutions is the Apollo platform, which is yep. debuted publicly at the International Textile Machinery Association show in Milan. So can you tell us what differentiates Apollo from Cornet's previous digital manufacturing solutions and why is this a game changer for the industry? It leverages the best of our previous technology in terms of the chemistry and the quality of the product, the versatility of the, the um, system in terms of the print substrates that you can print on, very high quality, durability, phenomenal design capability, multiple color, really unlimited color with a six color process model. Um, and then XDI technology that allows you to build ink for almost like, uh, in fact, it is mimicking embroidery. So you can get textural um, decoration as well. Most importantly, what we get with the Apollo is the next generation of high volume short run production capabilities. Single operator integrated smart system from print through curing with a single operator that will allow super nimble high volume production at the same quality we're currently producing today off our Atlas Max systems. Um, that said, in those high volume operations, what it en- enables is high level auto- of automation, high level of predictability and, and um, uh, consistency, 
uh, a top quality product going out the back of the door every day and maximizing every square foot of, of floor space to, to produce revenue. Hmm. I'm sure everyone's going to be very interested in hearing more about that. Now, why should companies consider adopting direct to garment manufacturing if they haven't already? Yeah, so I think it, as most print mediums have shifted from traditionally full analog to some level of digital uh, capabilities, for us, it's really the right tool for the right job. We're not here to say that screen printing is dead by any means. Screen printing makes sense. Long run, uh, small color count, short color count, uh, screen printing is absolutely the way to go. However, what's happening is the marketing as we all, market, as we all know, is starting to shift. It's starting to bifurcate. Job sizes are getting smaller. Turnaround times are getting shorter. Customers are after more customized products and short and smaller uh, runs or smaller job size to de-risk their inventory position. That's where DTG starts to play. Direct-to-garment enables a more nimble factory on a day-to-day basis and offloads that short-run work that would normally clog up the carousels and bring it over to DTG, which means your overall factory productivity can go up in, in spite of shortening job sizes or smaller job sizes coming in every day. Hmm. Excellent. Now, as you well know, overhauling supply chains for on-demand production takes so much more than just the installation of a single platform. How is Corning working with partners to help customers unlock the capabilities needed to bring this manufacturing model to mass scale? And I have to separate really DTG versus direct-to-fabric. On the direct-to-fabric side, it's a much more um, complex process. It's an, an analogous to what we do on the DTG side of the house, except we're doing on a wide wool uh, fabric. That said, once the fabric's decorated, it has to be converted, right? So we're working with companies like Lectra and others on the cutting side to increase factory floor efficiency and get that product cut to pattern and then over to sewing as quickly as possible. And then on the DTG side, I would say most of the work that we're doing with third parties is around blanks uh, so that we can scale blanks within countries or uh, macro geo regions like the, the Americas as a whole with a common blank offered through many countries. Uh, that's uh, one. Second is working with third-party companies who are addressing the burgeoning uh, e-com influencer marketplace through YouTube, Instagram, etc. Companies that are aggregating that demand through that influencer channel and then leveraging our channels to produce the product. So outside of the, the work we've done with the, the companies that buy our solutions, one of the other things we bring to the table really from a brand perspective or what we call a demand creation perspective, the companies with the content that want to uh, push or um, merchandise their finished goods or fabric, finished um, or fashion products, is really enabling manufacturing anywhere in the world without standing up a separate factory. So you can leverage or they can leverage our network through what we call the global fulfillment network to get product produced. If I'm a designer in LA and I want to enter, I want to um, offer my product in France. We have a network software capability that allows that producer or that demand generator in LA to pick a market and expand in that market essentially virtually or through a digital supply chain. Quinny will be speaking at Sourcing Journal's Global Outlook event on June 27th. What issue, Don, are you most keen to explore during our event? I think for us, it's really probably the pace of play. You know, I think what we see, not I think, I know what we see is a lot of interest in uh Tackling this inventory issue and predictability, AI is clearly becoming more and more, uh, I would say, a hotter topic day by day, trying to predict what will happen before it happens to make more intelligent decisions on what should I make and how much should I make. 
That's number one. Number two, I think we're seeing a lot of pressure as a result of all the inventory and supply chain issues of the last couple of years. Of how do I start to localize my production? So A, I can kind of tailor my product to that market. And then secondly, I'm closer to market, my supply line shorter, which takes some burden off the inventory side and de-risks. It also enables a more nimble go-to-market model so that as trends do change, I can adapt much faster. So I think for me, that's really the probably the area that's dictating the pace of play. And I think the, the other challenge here is how do I undo those legacy supply chains, right? As I start to adopt and try and explore that area, how do I keep running my business when I've got a supply chain model that may be 25, 30 years old and is very well established? And Don, uh, more on the nearshoring topic, that's a pretty um, hot button issue right now in the industry. So what are you hearing over at Corny? Yeah, so it, it's definitely a topic of conversation. I think uh, there's a lot of scars that have happened over the last couple of years with the supply chain. I mean, just getting containers and, and uh, space on ships and planes the last couple of years has been quite difficult and it's still still challenging. Um there's no question that nearshoring slash onshoring is a hot topic across the industries as a whole. What we're seeing are um, the big brands are definitely starting to explore that area. And, and we're seeing traction, particularly in the Latin American market, not just in the typical Mercadora corridors, you know, south of Texas, south of San Diego, but also down into Peru, into Colombia, um, you know, El Salvador, uh, to a degree, Costa Rica. Those areas are starting to kind of pop where before they were, I would say the, the movement was relatively slow. We're definitely seeing traction in, in our Latin American um, market and clients because of that pressure or that interest in nearshore onshore and, and shortening of supply lines for sure. How can uh, Cornelius Technologies help companies really kind of seize the nearshoring opportunity? How do your technologies play into that? Yeah, so I think, as I said, cornerstone to what our technology enables is that high volume. Um, customized production, so a high volume short run, which really play, lends itself to a near shore onshore model. Secondly, you don't necessarily have to buy the gear. With this global fulfillment network that we're standing up, we have fillers or uh, customers that are direct customers with us who have the asset and the infrastructure who can take on that local production for you closer to your, your home market. Now, whether that's I want to sell in LA and I want a producer in LA or if I want a producer in Mexico and to leverage NAFTA to be able to ship goods into the U.S. on a shorter supply line than Asia, we can enable that model on two fronts, A, on the gear, and then B, on the, the connectivity and the ability to connect with the supplier digitally to make sure you've got integrity of the work, fast transfer, and, and that control that, that most brands are looking for when they offload that or they subcontract that production. All right. Well, thank you, Don, for a great, interesting conversation, and we'll see you at our Global Outlook event. I look forward to it. Thanks again, Justin. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.